All right, praise the Lord. Hey, um, Chris, can you put the turn that clock around? Because that really does help me to stay on task. We really have changed this year that um, people come for their lunch, and we have a lunch for them to take home. And um, I just want to thank everybody who comes, especially during the summer, um, the summertime. But there is a lunch for you to take when you leave. This year, we have been talking about the movement in the body of Christ. And it's important for us to know that God wants us to show us how to move as we grow in him and as we are destined here on the earth to do a plan God has designed for us. And so we've been talking about advancing the kingdom of God with, within, from within you. That means the change has to happen within you to manifest something outside of you. And so we've already talked about the purpose. I'm just going to give you a quick review of what we've already talked about this year. The first thing you have to recognize is that there has to be a regenerated spirit, that you have to have Christ in your heart. The Holy Spirit has to be within you so you can hear God, commune with God, and discern those things out in your life that are God. And so everybody has to know that the source of all comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the guarantee of all truth. So we taught a lesson. The first disc for this year is about the importance of having the Holy Spirit, the source that guides you through what you need and where you're going. The second lesson that we talked about had to do with the functions of the soul, how the soul is the producer of life, producer of the life of the Holy Spirit within you. Our soul is either going to produce things that we want or our soul is going to produce the things the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. All right, because I, I wrote a business person this morning, a long paragraph a person who lost their job, okay? And every time this person keeps losing their job, it's only because they're walking their life in what they want. They keep finding things that they want. And the Lord is trying to show this person, I'm trying to show you what I have planned for you, what I have planned for you. And so we have to remember that our soul has to be renewed in Christ to be Christ-like so we can even move and make the choices that God puts before us. There are choices, there are trials, there are things, circumstances that enter our life that we actually, our soul has to be the producer and choose one or the other. You're either gonna choose life, which is everlasting, which is gonna be what the Holy Spirit guides you to do, or you're going to choose what you want and you're gonna, it's gonna turn into death. Everybody in here can smile and say, something has died in my life. What does it mean that something's died in their life? It didn't continue in the way you thought it was. Raise your hand if you've been there. Then that means that was something that you chose without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father in your life. Okay, but guess what? By hitting this, how many things do we have in our life that are everlasting? Okay, those are the things that you know that are of God. Okay, those are things. Sometimes we hit and miss because we just don't know the way. All right. He says, when you start calling up to me, there is a way that's going to be prepared. He is preparing a way for your life. So, but the soul renewal is so important that our mind starts to become like Christ. And the only way our mind can start becoming like Christ is we got to read in the what? The Bible. We got to read that word so we can understand. All right. Then we talked about the third month of this year. We talked about the awareness of grace. The awareness of grace is the how how do I do this? How, what are the, what is going to happen in my process? Once my spirit tells me something, which is a vision or, or a place or where to go, but then my soul has to choose it. 
Now you got to know how to do it. Okay? Jesus came on the earth to show us how to move in his, to be aware of the grace of God. He was the grace of God. He showed us a way. He showed us that we had to first accept that we're even called. Then we have to, we suffer a little. We go through a little bit of suffering. We have to be perfected, established, strengthened, and then we're settled in that thing that God is trying to show you where to go and how to be. All right? We actually become settled. Settled is a place where you don't have to take any more tests. You've become so settled in the things that God has told you, regardless if you agreed with them in the beginning, you've become so settled that you are really, now you are coast, you are aware that God's grace is in your life. God's, God wants to enter into all of our lives. God is love. God wants us to recognize he's trying to show us a way and a place that's going to make us happier than what we could even, we can even think or feel or know. Because his, his love is greater. And then we talked about, okay, when all this starts connecting, when you start understanding each position, and each position has a different posture. It has a different understanding. Then you are becoming one with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now he can actually give you and hand you the abundant life that Christ designed for you. Christ designed a special life for each and every person that dwells on this earth. Do they choose the calling of it? Are they wanting it? Are they asking for it? Hey, are they being developed in it? So this is what we taught already. This is what we've already had this year. That first you have to know all the positions. And if you can understand that God already has called us in his abundant life, that we are to prosper. We are to prosper. We are to have all the source of our supplies met. There isn't anybody that should be in need in this room. If you are in the body of Christ, there is nobody that should be in need. Now, where our wants come in and where our motivations to those wants, that's what God is working out your soul so that he can actually give you the desires of your heart after he processes you to receive them. So, but the most important thing about this after you recognize that he wants you to prosper and that he is providing all your want and your need, you actually can hear when he clears all your needs, you actually can hear the voice of God so clearly. You actually can ask and he's going to what? Answer. In that moment, whether you're on the job site, whether you're in your work, you could be dealing with people that just don't want to get along with you, but you know there is wisdom in our words. That if we say what we hear the Father tells us to say in a situation, do you know there can be no response to that? There can be no response to that. It can only produce and be set out to do what it was called to do for that moment. All right? So we have to have confidence that God wants to keep speaking to us and keep guiding us along this way. And then the last is, if you are walking in this path and you recognize your source, you know that your, your renewed mind's got to produce it and you are aware of God's grace, do you know wherever you step, you claim ground for God. You step into an atmosphere. Our marketplace is where the next move of God is going to be. It even says it in the word. The marketplace is where it all started. Jesus started stepping out in the marketplace. He didn't create churches. He went into homes. We started something in our ministry. It's called Houses of Zion. Now we go out into homes. Because people don't want to go into church. People want to, people meet Jesus in the marketplace 
on the job, but you've got to know how to hear God. But if you're hearing God, guess what he does? He brings angels in your moment to restrain evil from attacking you. Sometimes we, we get so frustrated. Why is this happening to me? Why is this what this person said to me this morning? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Don't ask. The word tells us, don't ask, why is this happening to me? Ask God, how have I missed the mark with you? How have I, what have I missed? Because if you were already born with a predestined plan and you were already called to call it into your life, God draws you into this calling. And you know what? How do you know? Because you're like this in torment. He's wrestling you down until you get into that plan. Okay, right? Some people are laughing because it's so true. He wrestles with you until you just say, okay, put me in the plan. Do you know what I mean? Because he's got you so worn down. But you have to ask God, where have I missed you? Where have I sinned? Sin means to miss the mark. Where have I missed it? All right? And that's why I texted the person this morning. Stop asking why this keeps happening to you. Ask where you've missed God. Uh, that's a revelation because when you start thinking it, we humble ourselves when we call up to God and we ask him that. Where have I missed it? That means you are putting down your pride and you're saying, okay. But you know what's so beautiful about the Lord? If you seek him daily and you open that word and you humble yourself to him, he wants to show you right where you might not be right, where you're not working it right. And then he's going to nicely show you. He chastens us with the word and shows us a way. Now, whether you take it and do something with it, that's another level. But as we're walking this out, everybody in here, in their job, you want to have prosperity, right? I want to hear, right? Okay. In your job, everybody needs a source of supply, right? Whether you need people to fund it, whether you need supplies, you need supply. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's hard to be the CEO of your own company. Praise God that the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit wants to be your board. <laughs> they want to be your board and your guidance to what they have called you to do. So it's beautiful. And then the whole time, angels are restraining evil so you can get done what you were called to do on this earth. Man, if that's one of the things I have not tried to instill in Rachel more and more every day, you don't have a choice of your life. If you've laid your life down and recognized Christ, that means he already has your life already predestined for you. You just have to start seeking the kingdom of God, seeking, understanding. I call these, you know what I call these? Pressure points. If you can understand the pivotal pressure points of the move, then you're really getting somewhere. So we're going to start off. This is what we're going to talk about today. Today, what we're going to talk about is faith. Because if you notice, we can have all these individual postures, right? And we have to get to, we start here, we get to here, we get to here. We keep walking this out. But what really pulls the strings together? Do you ever have a thing where you pull a string and it brings everything together? Okay, what is the string that's going to pull us together? Well, the string is faith. If you notice, here's an arrow. It's connected to the spirit. What shoots to the soul? What pushes it? Faith. From the soul to the awareness of grace. What pushes it? Faith. Over here, as you're moving through the awareness of grace and you're being developed in the plan, what gets you into the abundant life? Faith. All right? So faith is important. So first, we're just going to go off on the basic definition of faith because, you know what? What I definitely learned as I have grown is 
that every word I think I knew what it means, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I had to learn a whole new vocabulary. In fact, I never liked the word sin. Why? That means I was really bad, dirty, ugly person, right? That's what we're taught. And nobody wants to deal with their sin. But then when you hear, oh, I missed the mark. Oh, I missed the mark means people can what? Miss the mark. We can make a mistake, but then it can be what? Changed. Repent means to what? Change your thinking. When you start learning what these words really mean, you actually start melting to God and you allow him to change your life. Okay, well, let's talk about what faith is because there is a false faith that's out there. Man, the enemy wants you to have faith, but he wants you to have faith in your flesh in what you want. God wants you to have faith in what he's already predestined, designed for you. Isn't that awesome? That just, I could be done today and be so excited knowing why do I have to, I don't have to have a care. I just have to be in agreement into the alignment and keep seeking him and he's going to put it all right in order. All right. And I know I sound so flighty on it, but it is true because once I changed gears, everything that wasn't God went what? To death. But then everything that has been God has been resurrecting like a garden and it's seasonal. And some seasons I have these flowers, hydrangeas. Other seasons I have pansies. Other seasons I have, I have different things blooming in my garden. But guess what? They never die. They have their seasons, which is so important. So faith. Faith moves God to move us. Okay? Get this. It, there's, in the word it says, faith is the expression, is expressing through, faith is an expression through love. Faith is an expression through love. Okay, whatever you love, you're going to have faith, and that's what you're going to express. <laughs> okay, that's what the word really says. It doesn't say faith, I, I, this really got deep for me when I started looking that it, faith is an expression. That's what the word says. It is an expression of love working through us. So what are you loving? Okay, that's the faith that you're expressing. So what do you love? That's the faith you're gonna express. And faith moves God to move us. Okay, two people have to move. There are two movements in this to get emotion going. There are two movements. You all getting this? All right, let's look at, let's just go to a little basic definition here. And I'll keep building on this. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, please. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Hebrews, everybody has a Bible? Hebrews is the, I, I remember, it's so cool. I remember the first time I read Hebrews chapter 11, and it just kept going on about a different person and a different person and a different person and a different person. I remember the first time I read that. Abraham, this person, this person, this person did this, this person, by faith, by faith, by faith. And you know what I kept on thinking? I don't understand. I don't understand what they did by faith. I didn't understand what they did the first time I read that. In fact, you, everybody's going home with a sheet of paper that looks like this. This is the first sheet I ever read about faith seven years ago. This is a, the, we have a book called References for Life, and it's a book that uh, in, the, in worship, the Lord gave these scriptures to Gene and downloaded a book called References for Life, which talk about a topic, and then it breaks down scripture in an order for you to meditate on. Well, I remember by the third or fourth verse, I got bored because I was like, I don't know these people because I never opened the Bible. It's amazing how God sets things in the past 
to help us know how to move for the future. So it is, it is a blessing. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so I want to break this kind of a thing. Faith is a substance, but it's a substance for things hoped for. That means somewhere, remember I told you you're going to have to pick who's in charge. Somewhere your flesh hoped for something and you put faith in it. Okay. Somewhere, something within you gave you hope for something, something in you, whether to become a builder, whether to advance in ministry, whether whatever the thing is, there's something that in you, you just knew, you just know how many people have had that little knower thing. You just know there's a diet. There's a substance of something hoped for. If you've started a business, then you've what? Hoped to have a successful business, right? Have you hoped not to have a successful business? Every relationship you meet, you don't hope for it to be a disaster. You hope for it to be what? Successful. All right, but here's the key. It is the evidence of things not seen. See, in our flesh, we see everything. In our flesh, we see everything. We can see everything so clearly, we can make things happen. We start learning things. We grow up. We're born into the world. We're born into the world of flesh to learn how the world, we have to survive because we live in a world that we have to learn how that world works. Hey, everybody goes into kindergarten. The first thing you realize is you got a cubby. What do you have to do your cubby? Put your books and book bags in your cubby. How many teachers said, put your pencil in your desk, right? Teachers would tell you the order of a place. All right, well, then you get used to that order. Then you leave kindergarten and you go to first grade and the teacher has a bunch of different rules. And you're like, hey, my teacher last year did it this way. Do you get where I'm going on this? We learn things by what we see and what we're told to do and what order is in place of the world. But in the spirit of God, true faith is a substance hoped for. Check, the world has that too. But it is also the evidence of things not seen. That means you actually have to decide who is running your life. Because if God says to you to open up this business and gives you a heart for a business, Kim and I've talked about this. God has put something in her heart about a business. You know what I mean? So she's putting that over there. She knows, she has faith in what that business is. But she's decided she can't, she can't see it the way clearly. The only way she's going to get there is by relying on the source giving it to God, relying on the guarantee of the Holy Spirit to take her every step towards that hope. But she can't see from A to the end. She's got to rely on him. See, think about it. If you have a hope of your heart or a desire in your business and you just start making it all happen without submitting it to God or to the Holy Spirit, to their, there is something that speaks to you from the inside out. Every business has to become successful from the inside out. If it's working on the inside, he will surely manifest it on the outside. So how do you know? Judge your faith. Is it because you can see it, make it happen, create it? Or do you have to sit back? And that doesn't mean there aren't tangible things that you can see about your life or your business or where you're at or who you're working with or who you should be with in the business world or who your partner should be. You can't understand it. You can see it, but how it's going to manifest, it's got to be, this is what I love. 
this word, Jean said this to me when we started working towards the partnership of the business next door. We're going to flesh this out. I thought, oh, I love that creative word. We're gonna, <laughs> I thought that was creative. We're going to flesh this out. That means we were going to take a year and we were going to see, was this really God's plan? That means we were going to work out any flesh to see. So we started, and, and it was awesome because God kept confirming, moving, and doing, and we didn't have to do what? Anything except for seek God and do as we were instructed to do. We had to grow in that, all right? So I want you to understand, it's evidence of things not seen. Usually what God shows you can be so big, you can't even comprehend it. So faith, our faith starts building every time we draw one step closer to him, he draws one step of that plan closer to you. And then you take another step, he moves another step. And the one thing he's doing all along the way is he is building your confidence. Your confidence not in yourself, your confidence in the greater one in you than you are in the world. Man, every business, every relationship, everything that you are working with another person on should be built by miracle. It should be built by testimony. It should be built by what he has taught you to do and what he shows us. It says, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. So for by it, do you know when I talk about stories in the real estate world that I've experienced the last seven years? Oh, the testimonies are amazing because they were of God. They weren't of myself. I can't make things happen. All I can do is follow, be led by him and grow in this order. So faith, by faith, we understand. Okay, I love this. God likes to go back to the very beginning because everybody just loves to know the timeline, don't they? I mean, a woman does. A man comes home. What did you do? No, start from the beginning. Now go from this time, this time, this time, this time, right? Kim and I were talking about that last night. You know, sometimes we just like to know the timeline. Well, you know what? God knows we like the timeline. So he tells us, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. He already told us. How was everything in motion from the very beginning? He said, but it was what? By faith, we understand. That means we weren't there to see it happen. We weren't there to watch it. By faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, we see things now. We wake up and we see God every day. The first thing God gives us to lay our eyes on is the miracle of water, earth, fire, the nature that's around, birds, animals, man, God, if God, I love the verse where it says God loves us so much. If he lets the birds fly around and they don't worry about what they wear, what they eat, where they go, why should we? Because we are, we are a great creation in God's eyes. So anyway, the things which are seen, which are not made of things which are visible. Okay, now that's amazing. That means we can see all creation. We can see all nature. But that doesn't mean we don't really understand how it all works, do we? I'm not in the mind of a bird or a mind of an animal, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a blade of grass. I don't. Things just work. God's already put things in movement and motion, but the force that he builds is faith. And he wants to know he set that from the beginning of time. So faith, we've got to start knowing, what faith am I operating in? What faith am I really working in? And that takes time because... You know, we can build a faith and we can see evidence of some faith, but that doesn't mean it was, it doesn't mean it was God's faith. So 
our faith in Christ and the word of God because we have to lean on the word. And the first thing that happens is we have a faith, a saving faith. If you notice, when, this, when you understand that the God created and formed the earth by his word, that means there in the word it says in, in, Romans, in Romans 8, 6, you can put that up. In Romans 8, 6, it tells us, he reminds us that there is a spirit that gets, that we, I'll wait till I get up here. It says, no, that's not it. Let me see. Oh, eight, nine. Or Romans, no, I got to pass because I forget which one it is. We'll just go with this. Go ahead and put up Hebrews eleven six. My mind started getting on a little tangent there. All right, so there is a saving faith. You know, there is a grace that when we accept Christ in our heart, when we are broken, you know when we get broken is when the false faith breaks down and we didn't obtain the hope of the things that we saw. And then he starts to what? Break us. The man I talked to yesterday lost his job. Broken. Why is he broken? Because he keeps losing his what? Job because he's not really in his plan. All right? So the more he gets broken, the more God's trying to enter into his heart. Um, he tries to enter in to get us to know. It says, without faith, without God's faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. So the first saving faith that we've got to believe is that he is in charge of all of us. That he is the one that has created the world, the foundations of the world with his word. And he built this for us to connect with him. When we accept Christ in our heart, we have now reconnected. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Man, that's a hard one. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that means up in heaven, we're supposed to bring heaven on earth. There is an inheritance for every single person sitting up in heaven. And if we believe in his faith and we do it in his way, in this movement that we're talking about, there is a saving faith that you actually believe, oh my gosh, God is real. Oh my gosh, Jesus really died for me. I don't understand it, but guess what? I believe that the son is real. And you actually surrender yourself. And then he wants to let you know the moment he does that, somewhere you are asking to seek something greater than yourself. And then what drops on you? Saving faith drops on you. It drops on you. And he wants to reward our faith. He wants to reward that kind of faith. Everybody remembers when they accepted Christ in their heart. You didn't really understand it. You were more afraid of it than anything. Nobody wants to go towards that because they're too comfortable in the fishbowl they swim in. It's hard for a fish, think about this, to jump out of a fishbowl to jump into another fishbowl. Why? Because they need what? Water. <laughs> they don't function on air. You can see, can't you see it? Can't you see a picture of a fish in a bowl, looking at that other bowl, seeing that it's bigger, wider. There's some green little plants. And I like the color of the rocks over there. And he's in this little tank cup, just a few little rocks. He's like, I'm going to get over there. I am going to jump out of that and I'm going to get on there. Can you see it? You see him. I had a fish for a long time. I love my fish, pencil and pen. And it was cute. I got him at a school function everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. I thought that fish lived from the time I was in fourth grade until college. 
when my mom told it died, I'm thinking how many fish did she replace? That fish really died when I was in college. I would come up to it and I'd go like this and that fish would look at me and that entertained me. <laughs> I love that goldfish. But you know, he had, when we actually mustered up the faith to jump out of that environment, that, that bowl to get into an expanded place, in that place, the fish knows there's a greater reward. There's more room. There's more things. There's more excitement. There's more color. Do you get what I'm saying? Faith is going to push you into a realm to get you into a place or a position that has more color, that has something that God already planned for you. He is a rewarder of those who will diligently seek it. So isn't this awesome? Saving faith just doesn't happen when you accept Christ in your heart. There are levels of saving faith. Man, how many people have started something and they didn't finish it and you got broken because it didn't work out the way you wanted and you cried and you cried and then all of a sudden, what comes up the next day? The sun. God is so good. He gives us the sun the next day to wake up and how many people have gotten so angry one day and you knew you didn't like yourself and you woke up and you forgot the next day what you were angry. <laughs> have you ever done that? You wake up and you don't remember the day before. I love God. He really has us on a, on a recorder system where he wants to erase the past. He wants to erase those things that don't advance you into the next things. So think about it. When you wake up and you start feeling a certain way, you need to start remembering. If I don't remember, then it wasn't important. <laughs> it is not important for the advancement of the kingdom of God in my life today. Come on. Isn't that funny? When you think about it, that's the way I think of life. I'm serious. You know, there's some one time I wanted to stay mad at Rachel. I woke up and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to give her the disposition of mad, which is really hard for me to do. Do you know what I mean? By stayed focused. And then she just made me laugh because it wasn't, it's not important. It's not, if we can realize the only important thing is the end that God already has the fishbowls he has us to drop into because in those fishbowls are prosperity, supply, answers from God and protection. Man, I know I'm not dying tomorrow. Because he has me protected until I've accomplished what I have to do. And I have times where I'm like, okay, God, just tell me if it's my time. And then always, I always get some, some, something that comes my way that says, it is not your time yet. You know what I mean? God wants us to stay motivated because we're connected to him. Not because I can ask somebody else. You know, a, big, a baby Christian still wants to pick up the phone and ask everybody what's going on. When God says, get up and call me every morning. Spend time with me. Worship me. I'm gonna, I am going to show you what you need for the day. All right, so that is faith. That is saving faith. Saving faith drops down constantly in different times in our life. All right, now there's a faith that actually rests. When your soul comes into complete submission to what God has for you, you just, you just okay, now I'm going to reason with God. Now I'm going to choose the word. I need answers, okay? And you actually come into, when you actually experience an understanding, and it's starting to work out in your life. Do you know God now wants to put you in a faith that actually rests? He wants, you to, he wants you to rest in the joy of knowing him. All right? Exodus 33, 14. Exodus 33, 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you what? Rest. When we tap into our spirit and our soul starts conforming to whatever the word. Now, I ministered to a lady this week, and the word was she had a lot of anger. 
She had a lot, she's a good Christian woman, had a lot of anger, had a lot of anger. And she told me, how did I know she had anger? She kept telling me all her disappointments. I'm disappointed here. I'm disappointed with my job here. I'm disappointed with this here. I'm disappointed here. I said, okay, if you have anger, that means she's, she's angry. Why is she constantly angry? She was even starting to get angry at God because she was being disappointed at the things that her faith had decided that she wasn't receiving yet. She wasn't able to see God's faith in what she was really assigned to do. Well, as the more I started teaching her the scriptures, and started, you saw the light bulbs go off because she was starting to learn the real meaning of what the purpose of her life was. See, when we accept it and our soul can actually start producing what we're hearing God tell us to do, we actually, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That means when we worship him every day, we enter in the word, we, we cast all our cares of our business upon him. He actually, there's a presence that's building in you. Your presence, his presence will go with you. And so that means in every situation, even the worst, I used to not want meetings, certain meetings, because it would make my stomach sick. How many people didn't want to go into something because you just didn't want to tell somebody bad news, deal with a situation? But guess what? In every negative situation, God has an answer, a solution. We're not to focus on the negative. We're supposed to advance the solutions. So as you keep growing in this, I learned this. Things I didn't want to enter into, now I know the presence of God is with me. And if I'm tapping into every morning, he's going to give me what I need for the day. He is even going to give me in my rest. My rest is when I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about anything. You're not worried about, even if it's a tragedy or something, a circumstance. He is testing, do you trust my presence? Are you going to stay in my rest so you can hear me and know what to say in that situation? See, that's important. There is a faith that rests. And guess what? He cannot, it says, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no what? Sorrow. Now, I want everybody to think about this. This is what you're supposed to do in the rest. Everybody thinks the blessing of the Lord makes one when I first When I first heard that, that verse, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich, I thought, oh, the blessings of the Lord. That means everything he gives me is going to make me rich. And then I learned the definition of blessing. Blessing means to praise. The praising of the Lord makes one rich. And he will add no sorrow. If you are up worshiping the Lord every morning and you are reading your word, you are what? You're rich. <laughs> you are then the first. How are you rich? Because his presence is with you. How are you rich? Because he's going to give you the answer. How are you rich? You're going to know how to actually solve the problem that you're in. You are actually going to be in a rest because you know the greater ones in you. And he really does have the answer. You start building a faith now. And it says, he will add no sorrow. It works. I'm telling you, I am living proof. He adds no sorrow. I am not disappointed in my day because I'm letting him decide and build my faith for the day. I'm not deciding what my day is going to be like. He decides what the day is going to be like. He already says, my presence will go with you. Just rest in me. So if you keep the blessings of the Lord are praising him, when we sacrifice ourselves to praise him every morning and our praises shall continually flow from my mouth, you are a very rich person. <laughs> you can see the countenance. Richness is off of you. And guess what happens? When you start walking with that, right, that glow, now prosperity comes to you. Every supply you need to get the job done comes to you. I'm going to tell you, you that you are the, the faith that rests is like singing and skipping, singing and skipping, singing and skipping. Because as you're doing it, he, he adds no sorrow to you. 
I'm going to tell you, when God looks down and sees Jean Fabre, happy little skipper, praising God, singing down, he's like, he goes like this, oh, I want to add no sorrow to this boy. He loves me and I love him because God is love. And he says he doesn't want to not withhold anything from his child. Come on, can we grasp that God wants to give us everything he's already planned and predestined for you? Does this not motivate you? I'm motivated. You know what I mean? I'm getting to another level of skippy, right? I'm serious. Faith that rests. You know, it's awesome when you teach the word because as you're saying, you're keep confirming it to yourself, confirming it to yourself. That faith that rests is the awesome. It's my favorite period in rotations of seasons and times of God because we are going to have ups and downs. We're going to have moves and moves. But if we know the times and seasons of God, if you know your soul has already become settled on that word that he has given you and that assignment, that vision he has put before you, now get into faith that rests. Just praise him. Enter into his presence every day and let the presence go with you. And don't worry when you're receiving because he already says in his word, you will receive. That's what he said. I am a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. So stay on the plan. Stay on the move of that plan. Remember, the blessings of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord are you blessing him. It makes one rich. I know. Because there are things that he's brought into my life that I could have worked for and toiled in this earth. <laughs> and then they just show up. I mean, I am not kidding. He wants you to enjoy him and do the plan he set before you. And then he brings you the things, the supplies and the needs and everything you need. Come on, that should get you excited. All right, now here's this. Now we're skipping down the lane, singing praises, singing praises to his name, preparing the way, the presence goes with you. Now the awareness of God is working on your behalf during this time. That means the awareness of God, the plates are shifting. The plates are shifting. God says when you, Jesus says when you hit a certain point in ascension, when you've already descended to your lowest, and then when you hit a point in your ascension, in your praises, he says, now I'm turning all the tables in heaven. And I'm turning them to fit you right into your plan. All right? And so as the tables are turning, boom, something happens. You're skipping along, enjoying your day, then it hits you. Now it's faith with what? Action. Okay? A faith with action has to happen. I got, you know, this really killed me. In the beginning, no, it didn't kill me. I, <laughs> I should never say that. Strike that from the book, right? Okay. When I say that, I just go, it's an all thing when I say that. It's like, oh, it's so all. When I can realize that God wants us to receive something. Okay, but now let's put this into perspective. When I heard, new definition, when I heard the word harvest, oh, we're, it says, it says in general, we move in seed, time, and harvest. So seed is planting, time is letting it grow. That's when you're skipping faith, right? Now there's a time where the harvest has to grow in your business, in your family, your household, whatever it is, what God's working on in your life. Now a harvest has to come. But guess what? You've actually got to bring the harvest in. You just don't sit there and then the harvest just slaps you. There's actually something of action that you have to do. So go ahead and put up James 2.17. There is an action. Your faith now hits a, hits a point where now, okay, it's time to do something. It's time to do something. Skippy, happy, 
praising God, now you hear something that you have to do, something you have to say. It says, faith by itself, if it does not have what? Work is dead. Even a farmer knows when he plants the fields and time for it to grow, he's got to pull out the laborers to bring in the harvest. When God is working in our life and our business, he actually has to pull out a time of labor out of us. But guess what? It's not a labor like toiling. It could be one word spoken in the atmosphere. Boom, something comes. It could be one action going to do something and just to be in the right place you receive. It's a... This is where you're now getting in the right position. Movement is about being in the right place, getting in the right posture, and then now being in the position to receive the abundance that he has for you. All right? Isn't this awesome? Okay. So he wants us to be reminded that in faith that rests, we trust. In saving faith, I'm sorry, in saving faith, we believe. In faith that rests, we trust. In faith with action, we understand. We understand where he's moving us. We actually have, under, put Matthew 7, 20, 7, 24 up. And then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to end this with a story. I love always ending something with an awesome story because from the word, because it motivates us. Like if this already happened for this person, it's going to happen for me. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, whoever hears these sayings, faith comes by what? Hearing, so whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a what? A wise man who built his house on a rock. A rock never what? Never moves. And you know what? The wise man might not be you. Likened, he could put you along with a wise man. He could liken your soul to be the wisdom. He will bring you and liken you to the right counsel to bring his will on earth. See, remember, before you ever enter faith's rest, you've got to give up your faith. And you have to take on his faith. And you know that faith because it's something that you hope for, but you can't really what? See. And you can't control it. You can't do anything. He's got to do it all. Okay, and he's got to do it all. So he says, therefore, whoever hears, when you're in faith, that action, you are a clear hearer. You can hear the answers of God. Your fears aren't attacking you. Your wants aren't bothering you. Your needs are already met if you're hearing. You are hearing he's got your need met. And, and, and then you do them, I will liken you to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Hey, a man who builds his house on a rock, it does not what? Fall. All right? Praise God. Is everybody liking this? All right, Hebrews. Go to Go to Galatians 5, 6 for a second. And then I have another verse. I don't know why I wrote this one. This might be the one I wanted before. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. That means there are physical things. Back in the Old Testament, if you were Jewish, your child on the eighth day got what? Circumcised so you could prove who you were. Okay? In Christ, in, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor non That means nothing. Those physical evidences mean nothing. But faith working through what? Love. Faith is the expression 
of whatever love you're loving on. Okay, I want you to keep that in mind. Go to Romans 10.8, Romans 10.8. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to go through these three phases of faith in this development to please God. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of what? Faith, which we preach. Today, I have spoken out a lot of word. I have shown an order. I'm going to tell you something. If the word is near you, and it's in your mouth, and it's in my heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. There is, if that, ma- the, the word, the more I've grown in the word, now I've got a bank in me, okay? God can use that at any time, in any moment, in faith's action. One time I was so broken, I was, and I was in faith's rest. I was skipping, and I was, I had something happen that really broke my heart. And I was skipping, and I was, I, I really just gave it to God. And it had to do with people attacking me in the, in the um, real estate firm, reporting me to the commission, wanted me to lose my license. I mean, honestly, it was over something that wasn't real. I want to get you guys on this. When, why do we have to spend time with God so we can discern what's real and what's not? The whole thing against me wasn't even real. But my emotions could have jumped in and added to it. But instead, I was going to become a hearer of the word. I was going to stand on that rock. And I ended up just forgetting about it. I spoke my responses, did what I had to do. I started skipping. But then there was a faith that came, that action. And it came in my worship in the morning. And something just made me fall on the floor and just start crying. And I started going into intercession, crying, crying in a way that I've never cried before. But I had to get to work at the same time. (laughs) So I'm like crying, crying, crying. I'm in the shower crying. And I'm going to tell you, this has happened to me more than once. This is just the first time it really It really came to my understanding. I'm telling you the first revelation of it. Out of my center, I just screamed out. I had already been singing. I just shouted out that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I was like, and I I do this with my foot when I'm talking about, you know what I mean? And it was just coming out. And then all of a sudden, it was like, guess what? I did that work. I did my work for the day. I was in my office. I announced what needed to be announced, and it went out into the spirit. Two months later, I got a letter. The whole thing was dropped. Nothing was against me, blah, 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 blah. Do you get what I'm saying? There are things that are happening in your lives right now. The work isn't always out. We meet people. We step out into the marketplace, but a lot of the work gets done in our relationship with him, and he needs us to call out a word that's in our heart that our mouth speaks, and now faith with action happens. I'm telling you, I got a letter. I even got a letter that said, it's, this is, I mean, this is, ha- no, this is all, this is all awesome. I mean, I say it because when I say it, when, for me, just to let you know, when I say it's killing me, meaning like, oh, it really had brought me to my death. It really has brought me to my complete death of like, God is almighty and so in charge and there is nothing he can't do in any of our lives. There is nothing. So when I say that, I'm meaning I really came to my he killed me. I really came to my death out of knowing his life. That's, what, that's how it feels, okay? So when that word went out, and I got that letter, and it said, they even, in the, the commission, they usually have to keep documentation if you've ever been reported. Somebody could call the commission now, and they ask for our company. It even says, and we're not even going to keep this on your record. 
Come on. That's the favor of God. That is the favor of God. Do you know what I mean? Because somebody's complaint and somebody's thing against you has nothing to do. We start going back to our past. We start convincing us we're bad. And, and as long as we're honest to be, okay. And one of the elements, I know I was wrong. So I wrote it. I just was truthful. Like, hey, this is my thought process. This is what I did. But you know what? I'm asking for pardon. You know what I mean? This is why I think I deserve my pardon. And I got the pardon. I got the pardon better. I didn't even get it stayed on my, stayed on that. And he wrote that in the letter. When I got it in the mail, it takes you, it takes your breath away when God does that. It takes your breath away that when you've actually stepped in the realms of faith, faith that saves you, faith that rests, and now faith that moves in action, and it's going to come from your heart. And your heart, the two hearts in your body working together as one. And that word can come out and that word cannot come back what? Void. It's got to do. When I, that happens to me, when I wake up and it just comes out, I know whatever word came out, I don't have to worry what it's for. It's out doing the what? The work. Works without faith or what? Dead. If you're not on the skippy path right now, <laughs> if you're not on the faith that rests, you're going to miss the time of faith that has action. And I'm going to tell you right now is the time people should be feeling it. Worship should start being increasing. Your love should start lifting. There should be a great increase that's happening because God has something for everybody every year. Nobody's on the special plan. Are you jumping in the vein? Are you getting in the flow? Are you sticking to the vine? That's what it says. Every step is a step of faith. Faith has to grow Faith has to grow and spread out to be what it is. Okay, this is awesome. All right. These are my last few notes, and we're good because we're coming up on 12. I like it when you have the clock. I do so much better. It motivates me because I could get on some other rolls. Okay, this is what God gave me this morning. I've already been, I already knew what the lesson was going to be and everything, but God really kind of reminded me this morning. And it's because people ask questions. People ask a lot of questions to me, you know, through the past years and everything. Okay. God's gifts. I, we have gifts from God. I was a school teacher. And the first time I know there was something on me about teaching, not because I wanted to do it, as I was teaching with my little overhead, I was teaching about things of, uh, it was the digestive system for fifth graders. You know what I mean? You, you've all been in school with the overhead and the teacher's teaching. And I was teaching and I kind of, now me, I'm a poor planner. You know, I was working out of the teacher book, but I knew the stuff, but I was really getting into it, right? And I was getting into it. I felt like I could pass out. Something came upon me. And I remember, and we were late. We missed our lunch. I, we were teaching this topic and the kids, I missed lunch. I was known for missing lunch. I could get into a topic and then miss lunch, right? <laughs> missing lunch, right? It's 12 o'clock, right? So I remembered that I remember feeling this lift up feeling and this drop down. Do you know everybody in here has had an experience with God in your gift? Whether you're in the kingdom or not in the kingdom, you have all been given special gifts that have been here irrevocably given to you. Special things that you do well because God already said, you're going to do that well. You're going to do that well. You're going to do that well. Whether you do it for God or you don't do it for God, those gifts are actually going to work and be successful for you in those arenas. But, we do, but if you don't have God's faith to perform and use the gifts that God gives you in the marketplace then you're missing out on the fullness of the abundant life in that gift. Okay? Now, God reminded me this morning. This is so awesome. I heard him say to me, the gifts of God 
are already given to you. You just have to, how do they work? You have to desire and have a passion for them. When I was teaching that lesson on the digestive system, I wasn't into the topic. <laughs> but as I saw, as I was teaching it and the kids were getting into it, my desire to teach it started to increase. That's what I never understood what happened to me that day. And now I understood because, and the Lord's reminded me to teach people in the workplace today that if you have a desire to build a home, if you have a desire to cut hair, if you have a desire, whatever that desire is, when you actually start stepping into it, it starts to actually take you over. All right? Because the gift is already going to work, but if it's in his faith and you have the desire to do it, it actually starts taking you over. How many people have kind of experienced that? Something like the goodness just kept coming, but it doesn't mean you're really seeking God. But it was coming because your gift already can perform and have evidence of its ability. But now imagine if your desire and your passion of heart now wanted to do it for God's love. <sighs> now the shift changes. And then everything that you were building out of that gift will die. And then the increase of the true prosperity of that gift will rise. And it will not let you down. And it will not. Our most, I, I really do believe, one of the, our, our most holy faith is really believing that God has a plan and that Jesus died for us to be aware and lifted up into that. Believing his power that's in his word to change what we can't change. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us gifts of Jesus. He gives us gifts of the Father. Things that manifest as we are actually stepping into this. But can you imagine having faith to know that he really wants to change your financial debt and make it clear? Can you really believe that he could do it in a miracle beyond your ability? Could he really create your business to be that great business that you always wanted it to be if you were willing to allow to let it be from the desire and passion from his love. I mean, the most reason why people succeed and then fall and succeed and fall is because it was never backed by his desire and passion working with your gift. We have faith in him to do it, not our gift. You have to put aside your ability that you do it better than the other person. You have to put it aside and say, he does it better. We praise God, our blessing of the Lord. I already went on that. We have to rejoice in that he does it. Faith without works with him is dead. Now I'm going to read you a quick story and we're going to be done. So his works in your life, you first have to believe and have faith that he's already done this. Then you have to start what? Asking him. You actually have to start asking him for help. Okay? We can't sit there like, like a blob. We've got to ask. We've got to open that mouth. And then guess what? His life starts build, uh, um, building, and then it bursts out to do what it's supposed to do. Now, I love this story because I remember the revelation of the story, and I've been debating which, which book to read it out of, whether Luke or Matthew. And I decided to read it out of Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Because it's so awesome, you know, even Jesus, this is so beautiful. Jesus had to walk in this too. He had to have, he walked in faith. He had to have, he had to know that he was building 
a kingdom of God on a foundational rock. God sent him down here to build a foundation through what? 12 disciples, right? Well, it's amazing as he was building his 12 disciples, Jesus actually cleansed a leopard. That means he actually causes, he changes somebody's stronghold in their heart to change. That means there are thinkings that we have. But then right after he, he cleansed the leopard, it said Jesus then healed a centurion servant. Okay, so we're going to go through up to verse 10. So it'll take one verse at a time. Ready? Are you ready? Okay, it says, now when he, Jesus, now this is this, is this happening. This, is, this man, this centurion, actually experienced the faiths. And when he concluded all his sayings, in the hearing of the people, Jesus now entered a town, Caperman, all right? So what was already going out around the town? Jesus is a man who saves. He just cleansed a leopard. Do you know what I mean? Remember, he cleansed the leopard before he entered into this town. It was now going around town. People were hearing about faith. They were hearing that a man, leopard means anger. Leopard, when you read it, every time you see leopard in the Bible, think angry man. Think a man full of unforgiveness. And how do you know? The manifestation is a disease. Our unforgiveness manifests things in our body. When we have the wrong kind of faith, if your faith is in anger, guess what? You better watch out. You're manifesting some disease. <laughs> You're manifesting a sickness. Sickness is not the problem. The stronghold in your heart is. So the leopard was an angry man. He had lots of diseases. Jesus came. He touched him. Everybody started hearing. Verse 2. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him, him, lowercase, the leopard, was sick and ready to die. Next one. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him. So he heard elders sent to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Next verse. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying, that one of you for whom you should do this was deserving. I need to read that again. And when they came to Jesus, the, the people, they begged him earnestly saying, that one for whom he should do, this was deserving. Now, this is interesting. The people were coming to him because they know that the person who was sick was deserving to receive the healing. And God wants to remind everybody in here, everybody in here is deserving to receive the abundance of Christ in their life. There are already people speaking for your life, saying, Mamie's deserving, Francis is deserving, Jean is deserving, Daniel's deserving. There are already people praying and speaking to Christ for you. Go to the next verse. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Next. Then Jesus went to them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. Don't, don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter into my roof. Now, this is a man who already knows Jesus' worth versus his worth, but also already knows that he has the ability to do what? Save him. He, he had a faith that already knew how to save, and he had a faith that rest. Come on. If you're not in savings and faith rest, you actually trust God so much, you don't need to pull him in. He's already there. 
the presence of him is already with you. You don't need to pull it in. How, how strong can our faith be in rest when you don't feel him or think he's there that you know he really is? You guys get this? Okay. This centurion really believed he was in rest. He didn't even need to go meet Jesus. He didn't even know, he didn't need to have to come to Jesus. He sent somebody just to get him to say a few words. Then Jesus went with him. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion, I just read this, right? Okay. Therefore, (laughs) I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the what? Word. Now he is pulling on faith's action and my servant will be healed. Now that happened. You see how, how all that happened so quickly? There, there are moves that can happen where he actually already heard. He believed. He believed. He received that he believed. Then he rested and knowing I don't even have to go meet that man. All I have to do is send somebody to get him to say the word because in Jesus is where the faith action happens. Lee did not speak out that no weapon shall formed against me. Who did the work? Jesus, the greater one lives in you. We live in the times where the promise is here. Now you've got to work the promise in faith for it to work. You have to confess that word out. Next verse. For I also in a man, now this is a centurion, placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Next verse. When Jesus heard these things, he, Jesus, okay, get this. This is faith of action. Jesus was marveled. Jesus was marveled at him and turned around. Okay, Christ is in you. There is a point where Jesus sits up and he says to the father, I am marveled at her faith. I am, I am, I am awed at Lee's faith, right? And he says, I am marveled at him. And I turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Not even, I love this part, Israel. Anytime I see Israel in the New Testament or in the gospel, that means matured Christian. Even in a matured Christian. Wait, look at all these matured Christians walking out. All these Israels who don't even know how to work through faith. I'm teaching you today now to how to stand by faith. We're talking about working through faith. Okay? So, I have not found such, I have not found such great faith, not even in my mature Christian. That's what my brain says, because Israel, Jacob became Israel. That was his new name. That's supposed to be somebody who knows God, has experienced God. Next verse. And those who were sent, those who were sent. Now, these are the people that were originally sent out. These are the players that were working with the centurion, right? This is team. Returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. You know what? God never does anything that he's not going to show it off. So people will praise him. See, God, God is so good. He set people around the centurion to go do this so that they could come back and they could be what? Marveled at the works of Jesus through a man of faith. 
All right, are you guys, people are getting this? This is so good when we can get this. I was praying, I was like, okay, you know, show me something that's going to really show them. And the Lord's like the centurion. He had great faith to believe in faith that saves, because he heard it. Faith that rests, because he didn't have to go chase after it. He just believed and enjoyed and knew. And he, because you know what? When, when he said, I have people that I say go, they what? Go. He already knew what it meant to be in a man in authority. God is wanting all of us in the business marketplace to step in with authority that's already in us. That doesn't mean your flesh is taking control of people. It means Christ in you is speaking what needs to be spoken in the atmosphere. So when somebody says, go, go. When somebody says, do this, do this. We have to respect order before we can ever live and understand God's order. All right? And so it is very important. I want to read this too. Hebrews, at the, you don't have to put this on the screen. I'm just going to read off my paper. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. I want you to remember, through faith, I just taught, we just talked about how to walk through faith, okay? Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. <laughs> These are the things you're going to do through faith. Through faith, you're going to what? Subdued kingdoms. You are going to work. It's, oh, what verse is this in? Hebrews. Give me a Hebrews 11, 33, 34. It's right here. I can read it off. 11, 33, 34, the tail end of Hebrews chapter 11. This is what we do through faith. If we can get this, this is what we're doing through faith. And then we'll end this up. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained what? Promises, right? They stopped the mouths of lions. Think of all people that attack you. <laughs> the flesh world, right? Next verse. Oh, they quench the violence of fire. Quenched the violence of fire. <laughs> they escaped the edge of the sword. I feel like you see a movie happening now. Out of the weakness, they were made what? Strong. Became what? Valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Those that are not connected to the plan. Okay? Isn't that awesome? Now, come on. Everybody better leave excited today. Because if you know how to walk through faith, we can walk by faith, but we're to grow up and mature and start walking through faith. And so if you can take this in your business and you can take this now, this is what we're going to teach next week. This is important. The next step. Remember, this year is about teaching how the movement works. You do need to go listen to the other teachings, and this will even make more sense to you today. We learned about the places. Okay, we just talked about the posture. Okay, and now we're going to talk about the positioning. We're going to talk about the importance of the witness in your life. So next month, it's all going to be about the witnesses so that you know the movements and the seasons and times. So that's going to be next month. All right, praise God. And then, you know what? We're just going to end with a testimony. Can you put that thing on the screen? The purpose of being built through faith is so you can become whole. God sees Nadine whole. God sees Jean whole. God sees, and I use the leopard. I brought that up about the leopard before the other, is because there are things that happen to us in our body that manifests things that are not God, okay? That doesn't mean a person's not of God, but there are manifestations that happen to us that are, um, that are not of God, but they are of the enemy. 
Well, this is a boy who came to our ministry. And this boy, this is the, how his arm always looked before. Okay. And his arm always had, it's got, it's got sores. It's got all these things on his arm. Well, he would always be embarrassed about this. And his mother came this weekend or his grandmother came and he would always not go swimming. He would not do certain things because he was embarrassed about how his arm looked. Okay. Well, he stepped in and he came to youth conference our youth class Friday night. Then they spent time with our youth ministers all day Saturday, and then they came for service on Saturday night. Well, what was so awesome is God was working on the whole family. He was working on the grandmother. He was working all these kids. There were so much seeds, negative seeds sown. These kids are, they were like really uptight. There was so much going on. Well, anyway, he actually meditated with Chris. I don't know if you want to tell it, Chris. I don't know if you want to come up and get the mic and tell them. Because you actually saw this portion, right? Where he went swimming. Well, here's the beautiful thing. The, he started hearing. He started hearing the word of God. His faith was, was starting to build. And God actually gave him an instruction to be able to go in this water and he actually came out, and now she texted us on Monday and said it all went away. He's had it all the time, but now it's completely healed. And he, faith by hearing, but not by understanding. He could see that. You could see that sickness on his arm more than you could see it cleaned up. See his arm now. His arm is completely whole. Okay, that's in three days. She already had a doctor's appointment for him for the end of June to start getting special shots to get rid of them. But his faith brought wholeness and inheritances in life. We're all supposed to be physically well. So something got removed for him to walk in the elements of faith, and faith moved very fast on him. Go ahead, Chris. Chris, was, Chris is yeah, the witness. I think he covered it all. But this is what happened. Um, Saturday, they came to our house and they was hanging out with us, and we wanted to go to, you know, have a pool day. So we went to the pool, and my nephew, Keyshawn, is like six years old. He said, Yeah, this is a saltwater pool because we always talk about it being saltwater, not chlorine. And when we said it, his face changed. I saw him get very nervous and uneasy. And I already knew about his skin condition, but I don't, I don't ever address it just because I already told him that I believe the Lord is going to heal him. So we just don't talk about it. So when I saw his continence change, I said, hey, man, I believe God wants you to enjoy this time with us. So don't be nervous. Everything is going to be okay. His face did not change. <laughs> he was still nervous because I, I never understood uh, this, this uh, eczema. That's what it is. I don't understand it because I, I, I never had it. So I don't understand the pain that's associated. But you know who does? Jesus does. Yeah. So it was so cool because I said, hey, it was me, uh, my nephew, his friend, and his older brother. And before we even walked to the pool, I said, hey, look, man, let's just pray. Let's just pray that God's going to allow you to come in and just enjoy. I think he wants you to enjoy this time with us. And he's like, okay, nothing changed on his face. I'm not even kidding, dude. Just, I don't know. He just looks super just distraught, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some serious pain. I asked his big brother to pray for him. His big brother prayed for him, probably the most awesome prayer he's probably prayed in his life. And we go get in the pool. My man is tiptoeing in the pool. like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, man, you don't got to worry about it, bro. You, you're already taken care of. He gets in. I said, how you feeling? He said, I feel all right. And we, we stayed in the water at least four hours that day. We jumped out. We had everybody at the pool doing cannonballs and backflips in the pool. 
It was as if the disease never existed. It's as if it never ever even was manifested on his body. And that was one of the most amazing things I saw because you think that a lot of times when you're the minister, you have to pray. That's not the case. I knew his brother had a compassion for him because he understood what his brother's been going through. So his brother prayed for him and then that was it. And then Saturday night, he just got just under God. And then, man, it was just... She sent the picture to me on Monday. I know she sent it to a couple people too. And she just said she was amazed at how much his arm changed from Friday to Monday completely. I mean, isn't that amazing? That's Monday. That was his arm. His text said, God will heal me. God will heal me. He knew who he was, who he is. He knew who was the right. Faith-packed words. That's right. So praise God. From his heart, his mouth spoke, and God gave the increase. So God wants to move just like this. You think your business is like that? (laughs) Think about how clear he wants to make everything be. But he is going to take you to your death. He's going to ask you to bury a thought, and he's going to ask you to lift up and believe in him. I'm serious. Sometimes our businesses can feel just like that. Right? Yes. Belief. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting or question concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise to that. That's the faith that rests. Yes, the pra- you're praising in your faith that rests. Yeah. Yep, it causes, that's where it's building up. Yes, praise God. That's awesome. You actually hit a point where you believe what you saw, what you've hoped for, but that doesn't mean you've seen it manifest. So that's the ticket, right? You have to praise, keep your words. All right, awesome. Does anybody have any questions? All right, well, it is 1223. Um, Before you leave, make sure to take a bag lunch, and we're just going to pray and honor the Lord and thank him for his word today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we love you with our whole heart.